Hello and thank you for listening to this episode. Before we start we just want to provide a warning that this recording contains references to suicide. Also it's important to point out that we are in no way professionals and whilst the recording does contain snippets of advice these have all come directly from mental health charities. This is a chat between three close friends about their own experiences with mental health. More importantly, if you're struggling with your own mental health, can't run a confidential helpline which is in place for everyone who ever finds themselves struggling. You can call them on 0800 58 58 58. Seeking help is not a weakness. I'm joined by, as ever, Ethan. How are you doing, Ethan? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. And Bully. How are you doing, Bully? I'm good, mate. How are you? Good. Very good. A little bit different recording this week. So as some of you may know or may not know, we have decided to raise some money and I'll tell you how we're going to be raising that money in a bit. But but first of all, I just wanted to provide a little bit of background for who we're raising money for. And then we can, we're going to have a, a chat about why we decided to raise uh, money for this charity. It is a mental health charity and then just have a, I guess, a, a really open discussion about mental health in general. Just a bit of background. So we're looking to raise money for a charity called Calm. It's the campaign against living miserably. So Calm is a, a leading movement against suicide. Um, unfortunately, every week, 125 people in the UK take their own lives. And surprisingly... I, well, I found it surprising, and we'll come on to it in a bit, 75% of all UK suicides are male. Um, we are men, so we will talk about mental health within men, or we will touch on it, but, but CALM don't exist just to help men. They provide a number of key services like helplines for people who are struggling and need to talk, web chats, they give people advice if they're worried about a loved one, and they also give um, support to um, bereaved families and, and friends after a suicide has occurred. So there are other, obviously, great mental health charities out there, so Samaritans, Mind, to name a few, but we've landed on, on Calm to raise some funds for, and we are going to be doing a 24-hour run. So first of all, before we get into Calm, that's who Calm are. We'll, we'll, we'll jump, jump into a bit why we want to raise, why we're looking to raise money for Calm. First of all, 24-hour run. Looking forward to it, Ethan? How are you feeling? <laughs> Um, I wouldn't say looking forward to it. Um, but do you think you and, will? I think you will. I think you'll be surprised on the day. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when I actually just do it, uh, I'll be fine. But I think it's just the thought about it. It's like, yeah, someone's got, at least one person's going to be running for 24 hours. So we're going to do it as a sort of relay, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so. to be clear. We're not all running for 24 hours. That would be... <laughs> I'm sure there are some absolute, you know, hardcore runners that have maybe run for 24 hours. I don't think... Is that possible? Maybe it is. But no, we're doing... Um, yeah, relay style is probably the best way to put it. Being honest, I'm probably the only runner out of us lot that are doing it. Like, as in, when I say runner, I'm not Mo Farah, but I do run, like, for fun. And I do have, part, have done some races... But you guys, this is like kind of a new foray into this level of running, isn't it? Would you say? Yeah, this yeah, is un- I, untouched territory. Uh, I haven't done any like uh, marathons or half marathons, anything like that. So this is uh, like new to me. Mm. And we'll all be there to support each other. 
Billy, how about you? You looking looking forward to it? I am actually. Yeah, I when we spoke about what we wanted to do to try and raise money, I wanted a challenge, and you have come up with one of the hardest things in life. A bit like Ethan, I've not done any 10Ks competitively. I don't think I've even purposely ran a 5K before. So getting the training in and knocking out 5Ks, 10Ks at an alright speed is, is progress enough for me. And then come my 24-hour challenge, I'm going to have so much caffeine in my system, I won't be able to sit still. So <laughs> so that's what we're doing. So we're going to run for 24 hours. I, I will say... We may have a few people run it to help out on the day, depending on how we're doing, if we fall foul to injury or other things. But 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 I think we've all got our target in mind. Um so we'll, and we'll all be running you know, I'm gonna say it here, over a marathon, I'd imagine, on the day. Um so over a marathon? Yeah, probably over a marathon on the day. Obviously a, a very difficult challenge. And we are raising money for, as I said before, for Khan. So I guess I just wanted to touch on, we wanted to record something, didn't we, that where we touched on mental health in general. And I think that led us down the calm route. It's obviously something that's struck a chord with all of us. And, and is there anything, like Bully, is there anything that drew you to this, this, this charity? Uh, well, it's just mental health in, in general. It's a big thing as part of my household. Um, I know one of my family works with mental health and is a big advocate of mental health. Um, much like most of us, we all have family members that may have suffered with mental health. We may have suffered mental health. And I think it's something that's I'm being pretty bold here and say criminally, un, uh, criminally underfunded. Yeah. I think it's something that really needs to be brought higher into the sort of the mind and the consciousness of other people. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And Eve? Also, it's like as a group of friends, we're very close, but we rarely talk to each other about our feelings, really. And it's something that we we should talk about. And sometimes we, we are scared to talk about. It's okay. It's okay to feel upset or worried. It's okay to not know how you feel. It's okay to talk about it. It's always okay to ask for help. Seeking help is not a weakness. Um, One of the questions I had, and I'll answer this as well, maybe I'll answer it first, is when was the first time you started to actually talk about mental health or understand mental health or even hear about mental health talked about in the same I guess breath and the same like depth as other illnesses and I'll start and I, I really tried to wrap my brains and I thought when when was it I, I definitely not at school so just to give context we're 32 we're all 32 now some of you Yeah, we're ready too. So we went to school between 2000 and 2005. I'd even stretch that to maybe even the end of university. I think at university, maybe that's when I'll probably say 2010, so 10 years ago. So you're talking two thirds of our life, or me personally, you might have other experiences where it really ain't discussed, um, or at least not at the same level. And, and if it was, there was still some form of a stigma to it. You guys, was it was it earlier than that? Was it later than that? Was it about the same time? 
a few. Eve, how about you? Um, yeah, probably a lot, lot later. What until I realised that <clears throat> uh, mental health was was a big thing. So yeah, I think we might be coming to it a bit later. But um, after my uh, sister committed suicide, only after then it was something I I I couldn't process my thoughts about it and I held it held it in yeah so because I I always thought depression and stuff like that was just a cop out for just being sad and something like that but until that happened it just opened my mind to yeah. to different answers to the questions that I had yeah, I think that's obviously like a really personal experience. And if I'm being honest, I think one of the things um, that men find hard or comes less naturally in men, I think maybe more so than, 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 than women, maybe we don't connect with something until we have ha- absolutely have to or face something unless we absolutely have to or we are directly impacted by it. Because I would probably say... So not not the same situation, but I I I'm very close with someone who's lost a, a very important immediate family member via su um, via suicide as well, and like not like you even not at all really, but that having a, a discussion with that person and understanding how it impacted them, how it impacted their life, um, and the complications around not talking about it. Um, was probably the first time I really started to think about mental health in the terms that it should be discussed about, if that mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, which is way later than I, I should have, because the, probably the period of time I personally struggled with my mental health most was when I, in my, when I was younger, or at least early 20s, something, like, something, something along those lines. So, yeah. But anyway, Bully, how, how about you? When was it kind of... Not brought to your attention because you probably were aware of it, but when did you start to to be more conscious of your mental health? I would say probably quite similar to to you, Ethan. It's quite late, relatively recent, really. I've always been aware of it to to a certain extent, but until it really sort of hit home, it's a typical alluded to as typical man thing. You don't be focusing unless it's staring right in front of you. So probably late twenties, early thirties. So very very rude recently really which is i mean one of the one of the um stats that calm um regularly mentions that and i still find this like baffling really that it's the still this it's still the single um, biggest killer of men under 45 it's, it's terrifying in a way if i'm being honest isn't it there have, has been some stigma certainly in in, in men and bringing it back to your point, even about we are very close group of friends, like, but even we do not really or have never really, as part of a normal conversation, talked about being down or feeling sad or or proactively dealing with it. So, and I can't help but think, you know, men are more likely to suppress these feelings because, you know, it's much... Some men again is more difficult for them to be um, vulnerable, probably. If I'm being honest, and it is vulnerable, right? I think it is. Yeah, it's vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. Uh, 
like those sorts of stats, 75% of um, UK suicides are male. Um, and, you know, you're, funny enough, the math stacks up, doesn't it? Three times more likely to commit suicide if you're a man and, and single biggest killer of men under 45. As a man, does that shock you? That shocked me. The more I thought about it, the more I thought, mm, well, actually, it makes sense the more you think about it because of some of those reasons. Do you, does it shock you? Do you think that's like a shocking statistic, uh, or do you think you uh, think? the the numbers? When when you just said that, it it shocked me a little bit more than it should. It's like this. It's that's a very high percentage of people just taking their own life for whatever reason. And the way I think about it now is if someone takes their own life, you got to think who's connected to those people. Say, like, if someone's daughter takes her own life, mother and father, then who's connected to that? Then uh, son, uh, son, daughter, who's connected to them, friends, family, stuff like that. And it's sort of like a like, sort of like a family tree or like a like a spider web and it just just uh gets bigger and bigger of the people that it affects. Yeah. Are you are you kind of referencing that it obviously does affect those people, but are you kind of thinking that it obviously is gonna have a knock on impact to those people's mental health as well? Is yeah. You're kind of yeah, yeah. But do they shock shock you or is it kind of the more you think about it, the more you you kind of understand yeah it it does and it doesn't in a way because stereotypically you just think about men as being relatively typically stoic not sharing their emotions not showing their feelings and we three of us have already alluded in this what is quite short long intro but short in the episode that we haven't spoken about it men don't talk about it so at some point you're going to get to a boiling point and it get and it sort of you have more recently have had some sort of high profile Documentaries, like the top of my head, Roman Kemp's one. His, his, I think his, his friend committed suicide as well, and he spoke about that and mm. very much alluded to how that impacted him and his his mental health. How he didn't know about it, didn't speak about it. They spoke all the time, but never spoke about it. So it's like I said, it's not just us that are a close group of friends and other people that are a close group of friends that just don't talk about it. So yes, it doesn't really surprise me. Yeah, yeah, and like I get, I guess this is quite a direct question. Um, I'll, I'll ask it and then I'll answer it first again because I think it's only fair. So, spoiler, the answer to this question is going to be yes. So have you ever felt down? Yes, we all have, right? Everyone <laughs> has. Like, if you haven't, then congratulations. You're Paddington, <laughs> you're Paddington Bear or someone who doesn't experience. Although, <laughs> um, well, is Paddington being sad? I guess he has at some stage. And what have you done about it? I, if I'm being honest, when I felt my lowest, I'll try to do one or two things. Or no, one thing really, which is occupy myself. And sometimes I will do something about it, which I will try to organise something or try to do something to ensure I'm surrounded by friends. And I think that's a common thing in men. But what I will not do is discuss about the thing that's getting me down. And that filling your time with a pint or you know playing PlayStation or whatever it is, is fine. It does take your mind off it. Like, but you mentioned there's some good documentaries coming out. Tyson Fury did a really good, I think it was like a half an hour interview 
before one of his fights with Deontay Wilder. And he referenced something which I thought actually resonated with me in our friendship group, which is we will often talk nonsense, absolute nonsense, right? We've got podcasts about talking absolute nonsense. That's a big poppycock. Our whole friendship is basically talking absolute nonsense. And that is fine and that is good and that does occupy your time. But as soon as you go back out of that situation, you've not actually discussed what's getting you down. You've not actually addressed anything. Um, and, and I think the main, number one reason, because I will answer my own question, why I, I, I guess I never proactively said I feel shit or I feel down I want to have a conversation or can we go have a chat or something like that it's because mainly I don't want to be in a pain in the arse or you know to put to I guess be less jokey and more serious because we hide behind our laughter don't we um I don't want to <laughs> be I don't want to be a bad I, I feel like I don't want to be a bad one. I and I can see how it can really quickly get in your mind like I don't want to have to have someone listen to me talk about my problems. Everyone's got problems. And for me, that's why I have probably in the past have never spoke about it. Um, so that was a very long-winded way to answer my own question. You probably can't even remember the question. But it was, <laughs> have you ever felt down? Yes. You, down, you can feel worse than down. I've just used down as a word. Um, and what did you do about it, if anything? Uh, so, but Bully, obviously you felt down. Um, yep. Went Sit that box. The league, I imagine. Um, Didn't help. No. <laughs> no, but, but, uh, speaking honestly, have you ever, what, how have you felt down? What, what did you do about it, if anything? And if you did do something, was it good for you? And what was that thing? It's kind of similar to you, but also not in different ways. So I would also use as some kind of distraction. So mine would normally, at that time, was exercise. Because I could very, very good at not that kind of exercise. Very good at separating myself from the situation. So I used to use. So I think unknowingly, uh, football used to be a bit of a crutch for me. So I could just completely separate what was going on elsewhere. Play a game of football, brilliant. Crap back on and pop back in again. But at that time, I wasn't playing football, so that I didn't no longer had that crutch. So I had to find another form for exercise. Unlike you, though, I don't tend to try and gather people around me. I tend to go the other way, but I will separate myself and just, in my own head, to try and sort my own shit out. Because, again, a bit like you, I don't want to feel like I'm being that kind of burden. Don't want to get everyone else down. And, again, like you said, everyone else has got their own shit to deal with. I mean, what I would say is absolute exercise is big for me as well. I think one tip that is, I mean, who, who do I think I am? Everyone knows exercise is I'm not blaming Joe Wicks, am I? What I would say is, you know, it's obvious. If, if, if you can physically move, that is a good thing for your mental health, generally. Because if I didn't have that exercise, I think I, 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 I'd be all over the shop, really. I'd be in a much worse mental state. Scientific yeah. exercise is good for mental health because exactly. you're releasing endorphins. Ethan. So, same question. I don't like, obvious answer, but I guess the the question, the second question was what, what what did you do about it, and if you did anything about it, was that useful or not useful? Um, I just try to, to just just distract myself. So, I uh, I had my daughter for, uh, three years ago, so she was a really good distraction for me. And to socialise with, like, you guys. Like, if, 
go out, have a beer. But I I wouldn't talk about it. Only if I get really drunk and then I just blur it, blur bits of it out. But I, I would never go out my way to talk about it. I think it's just sort of like a a, a, a masculine thing of me not to express it. I know we say we don't discuss it as like a group of friends, but as a group of friends, actually, I have had some quite decent conversations, but mainly after about nine pints, um, which it seems to be when people are comfortable about it. And I know it's a bit of a cliche, but I do feel like after people have had a drink and they, they open up a bit, that's what they want to talk about in so like it, when they're sober but they just don't feel like they can and you know it's probably an unhealthy way of dealing with it um obviously drinking or wouldn't <laughs> drinking when you feel that. but to me it is it is it is it's weird isn't it it's not weird but it is there's a correlation between how deep men i think men in general maybe have conversations and how much they've drunk which is very an unhealthy way to do about things i'm not saying you can't have a glass of wine when you're chatting through your problems but you know, if you're only, you know, telling people about your problems when you're a stag do, or you're in Pop World on Christmas Eve at two o'clock in the morning after 15 Jager bombs, you probably should reevaluate that. Um, but yeah, that was one of the things I was going to bring up the, the drinking. So, what I would say is, you know, I even, even now we're talking about it. I I can put myself in a position or, or at least try to put myself in a position as who's someone who's feeling really, really down. Because I want to be honest, like I have felt re- like you know, really bad within my 32 years on this planet at some stages. But I don't I don't I don't know if I've ever been depressed because I have never been diagnosed with depression as an example. I felt really bad and I think I can um empathize and relate to bits of depression absolutely um, throughout some some times in my life um but i i don't i guess what i'm saying is even now we've talked about it openly i still feel that it would be difficult and it sounds very nonsensical but i still feel that it'd be difficult even if we hang up this call and some i felt terrible to message you and go or can we just talk about, I still would find that difficult. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I can put myself in someone else's position where they have felt really, really bad and they have not been able to do that. Um, and I guess the thing that, I don't know, how, I don't I don't have any answers, but I think the more more people like us talk about it and pe- like people like you, believe, you said celebrities start to talk about it, the more those barriers and those stigmas um does come down and the more likely hopefully other people are to talk about it and i hope the next time i do start to feel down and if, you know let's say fingers crossed it, it doesn't happen i would be able to reach out and i think this conversation it's weird like why did we have to have this conversation should we have to have a, a recording conversation about it to make me feel comfortable absolutely not it's, has it changed what our friendship means absolutely not but I think it would, it does help me, but I still would find it difficult. Is that weird? Do you think that's weird or do you think that's just a result? No, of I, and, you know. I think the first, the first like thing is talking about like, uh, I do feel sad. Uh, that's like one of the first things that you should say. 
And then once you acknowledge that, then it feels, I feel it should be easy to express on that moment. It's but, normally that first hurdle, isn't it? It's the, yeah. that first part where you make yourself most vulnerable that people just immediately stop with and just don't get to that point. Once you get past that point, it tends to be easier because you find out that most people aren't complete arseholes and do actually want to listen and help you. Yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine, imagine love? Why would you want to be friends with someone who you message going, I feel really down? They go, oh, fuck off. Please. Match the days on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's still it's the it's that psychological barrier in your mind, isn't it? Like we feel we've got a tight friendship or and a good friendship group, and even we feel like that. It must be difficult, and I can really emphasise with people who feel worse than I have ever felt, and maybe don't have the exact friendship group. But what I would say is, most people you come across are nice generally you know there are all sorts of people in the world but most people are nice and even if someone who i didn't consider a close friend or even maybe more so if i didn't reached out to me and said they were sad or they weren't feeling great i would gladly spend half an hour talking to them do you know what i mean i'd gladly go out for a drink from even if i didn't consider them a really really close friend If you feel something isn't quite right and you think someone might need help, trust your instincts and start a conversation. How people act when they're struggling to cope is different for everyone, but some signs could be looking distant, withdrawn or upset. You don't need special training to help, you just need to start a conversation. Ethan, um, obviously you've already referenced it, but do you want to talk about why this cause is kind of close to your heart, if you're, if you're happy to do so? Um, uh, so, yeah, as I mentioned before, my sister, Kaya, she uh, committed suicide. And it was just com- completely out of the blue. I got a call early in the morning. So, she, uh, yeah, Kaya was in hospital. Um, yeah, and she didn't, she didn't wake up. And that was probably one of the worst days that I've had. And from then, it sort of, my mental health went a bit scrambled. I've never felt like that before. And I didn't know what it was or how to deal with it. For I think for a couple of days after, I was I just shut myself off to anyone. I had people come round to try and cheer me up, but I wasn't really engaging with them. Um, I said earlier, my my daughter was probably the the saving grace because I occupied my time with her. And also I had a friend's wedding, which I was the best man to. And that sort of uh, made me get out the headspace that I was in to move on to better things or just doing doing other things so I didn't have to think about it. So, yeah, that was... 
the situation that I was in. It's, it's, it's obviously something that's going to stay with you. I don't think anyone's going to, you know, say there's any there's, there's a magic cure for um, the bereaved. There isn't, you know, it's, it's not how, how it happens. I don't think I've opened up fully. I've opened up to some people, but I don't think I've actually spoke, like sat down and said, right, this is what I was feeling at that time. This is what I'm feeling now. I think it, it. I think that situation tuned me into what, how uh, mental health can be in, in different uh, situations. So for like depression, anxiety, stuff like that. So it just made me tune in a little bit more to what mental health was. Yeah. So I guess that, that you know, flip. You know, the, the switch in your mind between understanding that you don't have to have a physical illness to be ill almost you know that which is I guess the definition of mental health right although I guess to some degree it it could be considered physical but and I imagine you'll have you know your sister in in your mind when you're running right is that that for you is that like part of your or not if if not entirely your motivation for for doing something like this and raising money so so we we um we're going to do this run. We didn't even know what day we were going to do it, but we it, it was decided it's going to be on the seventeenth, and that that falls on Kaya's birthday. So it's sort of like a, a nice memento to to Kaya, and it's going to help me uh, do the run. Just just yeah, it's. I think it's, it's it's a nice thing to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's obviously heartbreaking situation. And I think you know, we've all kind of felt it to some degrees because you know how close we are to you. And um, obviously, we're will we are and we will all, always be here to support you. Yeah. Were you offered any support or help, like, professionally? Uh, uh, I think the doctors said we can talk to to someone that if, if we need. But uh, it it sounded like it was a passing comment, like, say, like, someone's died. Like, mm. You can talk to someone if you want to. And then that's it. Yeah. Which is not ideal, is it? Unfortunately, charities exist to to plug some of these gaps where it is chronically underfunded, right? And we wish they didn't have to exist, but they do. And that's why we're running 24 hours. So give us your money. So give us your money, you type bastard. (laughs) (laughs) I've got a question. So, like, when that situation happened, did you guys find it difficult to talk to me? That's a good Mm, question, there. I'll answer first. No. But equally, I didn't want to assert myself in that situation because it'd be. Yeah. I think it's easy. Like, could you obviously get certain people that would jump in on the situation, and you need those people that are immediately there for you, and you get all that kind of support. But equally, if you have too many of those, in my opinion, it's it's almost counterintuitive. It doesn't work as much. So you, just, you almost need time to breathe a little bit. Again, this is bordering on advice. Please don't take my advice. But. <laughs> Personally, like, 
I mean, part of part of your that bereavement sort of was a bit of a trigger for me in my mental health anyway. A bit later on down the line, so I think I don't think I I think I could talk to you about it and see how you were. But I'm equally, I think I'm one of those people I wouldn't be the first one to message because I don't want to seem like I'm a keyboard friend. I'll just let you let you breathe about it, and when I yeah. when I see you, we'd hug it out, give you the give you a peck on the all dead <laughs> and then just let you know that if you ever needed to just offer that up olive branch rather than sort of be there be up in your face yeah I uh, uh, yes is the answer for me um, not because I wouldn't want to talk to you about it just because it's just not the thing that's done like it's just, I know it sounds really stupid because you know when something so tragic happens like you there's no precedent for that generally is there so you do you should act differently or it should trigger you to trigger you to act differently um i guess to some degree to what billy said as well like i don't want to be who am i to give it i have no one to give advice to but i wouldn't have had any problems talking about it if you proactively wanted to talk about it i think i would have found it difficult to not insert myself into that situation because that's not the right word, but I would have found it difficult to reach out to you and say, do you want to grab a beer just on us two and talk about it? Because I almost in my mind would have thought like, well, who am I to do that? Do you know what I mean? If that makes sense. And I think yeah. you can convince yourself that. And if I'm being really honest, you, know, you spoke about one of the things you, you did to, you know, maybe maybe it helped, but maybe mainly it was taking your mind off it where you had, you know, you were, you were a best man at a wedding. Bully, you were emotional at that wedding. If you don't, I don't know if you remember, but you were emotional at that wedding because of Kaya, right? And I do find it difficult to place feelings around grief in general. And I'll try and explain what that means. I have had people that I have been fairly, like, I knew Kaya, right? And I had interactions with Kaya and I... I'd spoke to her fairly recently in the grand scheme of things, like, you know, to she comments on my face, but it sounds stupid, right? But because she's a direct relation to someone I'm like really close with, and I'm maybe not interacting face-to-face, but they, you, you're aware of, you're constantly aware of their existence, if that makes sense. Yeah. I felt sadder than I f- felt entitled to feel. And I don't know if that makes any, any sense. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in that situation before where I've almost felt guilt about how sad I feel about a situation because I'm a bit like, why should I feel the same? And I think most people have it, a strange relationship with grief. So I felt like, because I felt this is going to, I'll try and explain it. Because I felt sad about it and I felt a little bit in a weird way guilty of how sad I felt about it, I didn't want to proactively come to you and say that's chat because was that for me or was that for you? I don't know. I don't know. Does that make any sort of sense? No, it, it does. It is. I, I, I didn't know you, you you felt that way. And to you as well, bullying. Was like, I didn't know that you were emotional at our friend's wedding. If you're worried that someone is feeling suicidal, ask them directly. It won't make them feel more likely to act on it it can actually encourage them to be honest about how they're feeling. Many people feel relieved and less isolated when they're asked. You don't have to have the answers, but you can be the person who lets them know that they're not alone. 
that that leads into my as my mental my mental wobble. Yeah, so uh, around that exact time, um, I was going through sort of I suffered a bit with anxiety. I hate to say that I suffered like horrendously with it because I think most people would have suffered a lot worse. But I was going through financial stress, recent baby, pressures of that, childcare, parental anxiety. Like I'm open to say, I think I struggled to bond with my with my son for sort of the first year or so. Um, daughter, not so much. Loving your daughter, my son's a tornado of a kid. But that first year, I think I really struggled to to get that same bond, and it really played on my mind. Uh, job security again around that same time, I was stuck in the same company that I've been for at that time about about eight years. It was sort of the same day in day out. It was very boring. It wasn't challenging at all, so I wasn't getting any stimulation from that. I was, my self esteem as a result of all of that was pretty pretty fucking low if I'm mm. being brutally honest and then at that, at that same time um, Ethan's sister sadly passed away and me seeing how bad and how sort of torn apart he was was just the straw that broke my back basically and that and that along with too much alcohol at that wedding like we've alluded to it's often the, the the source that brings all the emotions out I just cracked absolute mental wobble where I just everything just got on top of me and I just Broke out basically, we're very emotional. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I didn't know that. I'll, yeah, no. <laughs> I, I, I knew of the wobble, but not of the origins of the wobble. Um, the wobble drill, um, baby. Yeah, so uh, how, how did you, if you did indeed deal with it, deal with it I'm assuming you did deal with it, yes. how, how did you deal with that? And what did you find helpful? So I, I lent on my wife, basically. She is the best person I know. And being able to right. open up to someone like that. Yeah, you, you, you two are right. <laughs> no, I, 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 I mean, I know your wife, she's better than us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tenfold. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I, I basically just opened up um, about about all of that and everything that was playing on my mind. One of our friends actually reached out to me the day after because he obviously saw that I was a bit of a wreck. And even just talking to her and opening up a bit to him about why and what. So I didn't tell him all the story. So again, typical man, I didn't open, yeah. tell him everything, said some of it. And even just putting it out there helped a little bit, alleviated it. Talking to my wife, we, we tackled it, what was bringing it on, what can we handle, what break it down into how, like sizable chunks. And even again, just sometimes just talking to someone else, make sure your viewpoint different. Yeah, It's very easy to put everything to circle around the horrible things when actually you can change certain things and they're, they're no longer horrible. Yeah, I think sometimes as well, what can be difficult with your mental health is often it's, a, it's things layered upon layered, and those things individually don't feel bad, but actually they can have like a big mental strain. And if you don't unpackage them, it can be really difficult. Like you know, like you say, but you mentioned three or four things there, and maybe if one or one of those hit you at one time, you'd be all right. But when you start laying them on top of each other you could probably easily convince yourself there's nothing wrong or, you know, these are small situations, but actually you're living with lots of things. I mean, life's continuously throwing challenges at everyone. And I think sometimes it's acknowledging that it's all right as well to feel not okay about stuff. And sometimes you're allowed to feel down. I don't think one of the things that I try to allow myself is to like actually feel something because I think, you know, sometimes you're sad and that's all right like you are okay it's okay sometimes to be sad right um yeah 
like it's difficult when you're constantly feeling sad and you can't function that's when you need to hopefully have people around you that can support you and you can seek help but it's okay to feel to feel sad if you are feeling crap you probably should talk to someone about it whether that's a loved one or someone like calm because you know maybe you don't feel like you have a um a loved one which i'm sure you do and to connect with but that's why these charities exist and there are professionals unlike us very much unlike us i'd imagine <laughs> at the end of these calls and um, like not just calm but samaritans minds other mental health charities are available that have proper um, real life individuals and not just and you can health access health. mental health through the nhs as well so how are we going to actually prove that we're doing this? Because we're not just going to sit at your house drinking beer and not talking about our feelings. No. What? I, I think, well, one, I'd hope that people who are doing and mainly they know us, will know we're not fraudsters. <laughs> it's not really fraudsters. Is it a fraud? Yeah, probably a bit. Yes. Yes, uh, it yeah. is. <laughs> but the money is going to charity. So, um, so yeah, so trust is one. Also, we will be uh, doing live streaming on the day um, via, I don't know, how do you live stream me from TikTok? Uh, No, uh, Facebook or Instagram Live. Instagram, probably, because we haven't got a feeling on Facebook. Um, Yeah, so we'll be doing uh, a live stream on the day. We'll do a, we'll probably record an episode uh, on the day as well and provide an update. We'll do regular posts. I'm going to track it on my Fitbit other wrist-based uh, tracking uh, uh, devices uh, are available. I have Strava. And I'll be using Nike Run. Ooh. So any of them want to yeah. sponsor us? Yeah, come on, Nike. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we will update you. It's only as we record, two weeks away, probably as you're listening to this, probably already done it. Um, <laughs> you, can still, you can still donate. Even if it's uh, no. pound, fiver, no, 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 no what? Oh, I'm sorry, oh, yeah. 10 pound minimum. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, 50 uh, pound, you get a picture of Ethan naked. Yeah. Any, that, that's any, sold as seen. Any money you can donate would be greatly appreciated. Um, and we'll do like a, a to- total topping up announcement on one of. Um, well, the podcast that we do at a later date. Uh, so, I guess thank you for listening to this. Is it a podcast? It's not really a podcast. recording. Yes, yeah, it's, it's talking and that, aren't we? Yeah. Thank you for listening to this recording. If you'd like to support our fundraiser, you can donate by going to our Instagram page at Feeling Naughty and following the link in our bio to our fundraising page. More importantly, if you are struggling with your own mental health, Calm run a confidential helpline which is in place for everyone who ever finds themselves struggling. You can call them on 0800 58 58 58. Thank you.